Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Out of My Mind Posts from the Warhorn Media site. Each time we have a post, I will read it and will allow you to subscribe to it under the podcasts at Warhorn Media. So I hope you'll go ahead and subscribe, and I hope uh, you will find them helpful to you, those of you who don't have time necessarily to sit down and read. This is the first episode. This is a post that I wrote and published a couple of days ago, and the title of this post is A Simple Church and a Simple Graveyard. It's dated November 29th, 2021. What's the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? The word cemetery is from the Greek koimaterion, sleeping place, and is simply a place for burying our dead. A graveyard, though, is a kind of cemetery, distinguished by being a part of the churchyard surrounding the church house. When I took our first call to pastor a yoked parish in Wisconsin, our country parish was Rosedale Presbyterian Church in Cambria, Wisconsin, and Rosedale had a graveyard. It butted up against the back and extended some distance to the east and west of the church house. The setting was instructive. Each day, driving by, and each Lord's Day, when we gathered for worship, we saw our loved ones resting there. They never ceased calling out to us of our coming end. Death and burial were ever-present reminders to us that our Heavenly Father had set our days, minutes, and seconds, and one day soon we would all rest with our fathers there in the graveyard. Rest with our fathers? Well, this is how the Bible speaks of death and burial. Quote, he slept with his fathers is used in parallel construction with, quote, he was buried with his fathers. For instance, 1 Kings 14.31 reads, And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. It is such tenderness for father's sons, grandsons, and great-grandsons to rest together, awaiting the coming of our Lord Jesus in power and glory. In Gettysburg's Evergreen Cemetery, where President Lincoln gave his Gettysburg Address, my great-grandfather, Joseph Tate Bailey I, is buried beside his father, my great-great-grandfather, John Bailey. Down the hill a bit, resting with his fathers, is my grandfather, Joseph Tate Bailey II. When our dear Aunt Elaine died, we drove her to Gettysburg and buried her there with her fathers and mothers. Yes, you can carry your loved ones across state lines yourself without ha hiring strangers to do it. We've done it several times. Imagine how tender it was to arrive at Evergreen Cemetery and carry Annie Lane from our Honda Odyssey 30 feet over to her grave, laying her there and saying Thomas Cranmer's committal service graveside with my mother and a couple friends and relatives who drove to join us there. But Evergreen Cemetery is not a graveyard. While we serve Rosedale, a patriarch of the church died. His name was Sam Westra, and he had taken a stand for God none of us will ever forget during a church meeting a year or two earlier. Sam was a towering sequoia of a man. Each Lord's Day, he wore an ancient dark wool suit whose coat hung down almost to his knees. He spoke few words and had a warm smile. Soon after our arrival, 
I called on Sam at home. My faith was strengthened seeing his Bible at the center of his house, right under his phone that hung on the wall. Each Lord's Day, Sam arrived at the church house in his tiny Plymouth horizon. It was a sight to see him enfolding his hugeness from the driver's seat. Sam was at least six feet, six inches, but he only walked six feet two because his last four inches were permanently folded forward in the stoop of the aged. Sam's sister, Josie Dykstra, was almost as tall as her brother. She died at home, and along with several family members, including Chuck and Sharon Dykstra, I was there in her bedroom to hear Sam say goodbye. Folding his towering frame in half, he kissed Josie lying there in her bed, and then, as he stood back up, he waved and promised her, See you there. Back to Sam's Bible. It strengthened my faith because it was dirty. Large print and thick, the pages were brown from use. People told me the village of Cambria could set their watches by Sam arriving at the nursing home each day to brush the hair of his wife, who was deep in dementia. Sam was in his 90s, and in God's perfect time, he too died. We buried him in our graveyard. In town, Mary Lee and I lived in the manse next to the church, and we shared a backyard with a funeral home. So I was often asked to officiate at the last rites of men, women, and one newborn who had no church or shepherd. The first couple of years in ministry, I recollect doing 29 funerals, almost all in one of the area's cemeteries, unadorned by any house of God whose steeple pointed up to God, the Father Almighty's throne in the heavenlies. Our last rites for Sam Westra were different. We buried him with his fathers in the church graveyard. First, we had a funeral, a worship service, testifying to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then, we carried Sam out to his grave, where I read the prayer book's committal service. And here is the end of that service before prayer and the benediction. In the midst of life, we are in death. Of whom may we seek for succor, but of thee, O Lord, who for our sins art justly displeased. Yet, O Lord God, most holy, O Lord, most mighty, O holy and most merciful Savior, deliver us not into the bitter pains of eternal death. Thou knowest, Lord, the secrets of our hearts. Shut not thy merciful ears to our prayer. But spare us, Lord most holy, O God most mighty, O holy and merciful Savior, Thou most worthy judge eternal. Suffer us not at our last hour for any pains of death to fall from Thee. Does the reader know this setting by Purcell of Cranmer's last paragraph? And I have a link to that on YouTube, a recording of it, which if you go to the actual post, you can listen to. This is the sobriety, weight, and fear of God that is missing from lives and from deaths today. Christian churches are places of such lightness now, and nothing places such lightness on full display as our death rites, we liltingly refer to as, quote, celebrations of life, unquote. 
There at Sam's graveyard, after him, prayer and benediction, the women walked back to the church house to serve lunch while the children played in the graveyard and the men lowered Sam into his grave and buried him. Men, women, and children together putting Sam to rest next to his wife. Because of that day, I've longed for a graveyard here at Trinity Reformed Church where we could lay our fathers, mothers, and wee ones to rest with their mothers and fathers, carrying their bodies from the funeral service in our sanctuary out to the grave where we commit their bodies to the earth and God who made them, then walk back to the church for the lunch our mothers in Israel have set on the tables for us. The children run back and forth from the graveyard to the church house. As we leave the grave, each of us grabs a handful of dirt and throws it on the coffin in our certain hope that this seed will rot. Then from it will spring new life to be revealed at the resurrection, which is presided over by our risen Lord. If we're able, we bury the little ones miscarried by their mothers also. We have several wee ones buried in the graveyard. And this past year, we added three church officers there, Elder Adam Spady and Deacons Joe Rice and Charlie Dugdale. Now, as we drive into our parking lot with the graveyard finished and beginning to hold our loved ones, right to our left of that driveway, up on a hillside, rest our children and our fathers. We've not built ourselves any church house to compete with Europe's cathedrals. As all our Reform Fathers did before us, we worship in a simple church house. But our church house is nestled up against our graveyard. There close by are the bodies of our mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters, who with us await the sound of the trumpet of God when we shall be changed. Maranatha. Again, this is a podcast of the audio readings of the posts that are put up on Warhorn Media's Out of Our Minds site. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Do support Warhorn's work if you can, and certainly I hope you will subscribe to this particular podcast. Thanks a lot. This is Tim Bailey, and I wish you goodbye.